Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. For more information, please call 234-803-481-0869 or for free audio downloads, kindly visit www.davidogaga.org. Revelation 10, verse number 1. Again, he says, And I saw another mighty angel came down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his feet were like where the sun, and his feet as pillar of fire. This is what we're dealing with basically, and uh, the reception we are in now is the Lord coming in the clouds. Praise the Lord. And uh, we find out in Revelation 1 verse number 7. Revelation 1 verse number 7. And the word says, Behold, I come, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. And they that also with him, and all kindreds of the earth shall will because of him, even so. Amen. I've tried as much as possible to explain this verse. To let us know that this is not talking about something that is about to come in the future in the sense of the Lord coming in the clouds. Um, I tried to also explain to us that Revelation 1 7 certainly has its fulfillment in relation to Zacharias 12 10. And those that pierced the Lord were actually the Jews. So basically, this scripture has its fulfillment in AD 70. When the Roman armies came into Israel. So we know that um, the clouds they refer to is the judgment of God. And that was carried out and executed by the Roman armies that came into Jerusalem in AD 70 to destroy it. However, there is a progressive revelation of that as well. In the sense that we are saying that this cloud is not just talking about something, the atmospheric thing, it has to do with people. Praise God. Alright. So, we reiterate the fact that it's coming in the clouds, speaks of the people. It's not just talking about the atmosphere, it's dealing with human beings. Uh, just like we have seen before, in the course of our last studies, uh, that those which have the light and the mind of God, are actually referred to as clouds without water. We find that, isn't it? So let's quickly look at Jude again. Jude uh, chapter 1, or just one, 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 one chapter of the book of Jude. It's one, one, one chapter. So let's look at verse 12 of Jude. Um, Jude, verse 12. Let's look from verse 13. I mean, let's take it from verse... Uh, okay, verse 10. Verse 10 is fine. But these speak evil of those things which they know not, but for the... Naturally, no naturally are brute beasts in those things that corrupt themselves. And verse 11 says, Woe unto them, for they have gone the way of Cain, and ran greatly after the error of Balaam for a world, and perished in the gainsaying of Corinth. And verse 12 says, These are spots in your feast uh, of charity, which is the law feast, which is the church, uh, wherein they feed themselves with you, feeding themselves without fear, clouds they are. Without water, carried about of wings and trees, the Bible says again, um, with fruit with the ricks, uh, without fruit, why is they plucked up by the roots, speaking of things, uh, I mean people like Balaam, like people like Corey, and people like Cain, all these people, the scripture describes them as clouds without water. We are already getting that. So when we're talking about cloud, we're not talking about what you look up to there in the, atmo- I mean, in the atmosphere. So now, if these people are clouds without water, what would people walking in the light of the world and the will of God be? There will certainly be clouds with what? With water. Is that alright? They are clouds with water. These are people who have the mind of God, the word of God, they're working in the will of God. They are being led by the spirit of God. 
they can speak the mind of God. And we give a typical example last time. Somebody like Christ, the Bible says, John 3, 34, he received not the Spirit with measure. That means he was full of the Spirit. By implication, he was a cloud with water. Praise the living God. Are you there? So, those with the Spirit, with the Word and the will of God, walking in the will and addicted of the Father, they are clouds with water. Praise the Lord. So we're saying clouds are people. Clouds are people. Praise the living God. You understand that? Clouds are people. They are not the things you look up to up there. They are not just a small thing. And I try to explain this extensively in Acts chapter 1 verse 9. Jesus left with a singular cloud. So if he was going to be coming in clouds, that means something has happened because it has multiplied. Amen? Praise the Lord. But let's look at something in Hebrews chapter 12 verse number 1. Hebrews 12 verse number 1. Oh, praise God. Scripture says, we have seen, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and sin with us so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. He said, we are corrupted with a cloud of witnesses. Now, let's go to maybe Amplified Translation and find out again. Let's just read that from the Amplified if you can get it. Praise the Lord. Therefore then, since we are surrounded by a great, I mean so great a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth. I like that. You can just stop there. The cloud of witness who have borne testimony to the truth. What is that supposed to mean? Who are these people? The people that have borne testimony to the truth are referred to as what? Clouds. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. So who then are these clouds, you know, be surrendered about, about testimony to the, to the truth? We need to go back again to Hebrews chapter 11. You can find time to read from verse 1, but let's take the last three verses and see what we got there. Let's say from verse 37, or 36, let's look at from 36 of Hebrews chapter 11, from verse 36. The Bible says, Others have suffered the trial of mocking and scourging and even chains and imprisonment. And verse 37, these were stoned, they were stoned to death, they were lulled with tempting offers. No, you can just say the King James there, brother. That will be fine for us. Praise the Lord. Of whom the world was not worthy, they wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And then verse 39 says, all these, all these all. What is this all? Praise the living God. Having obtained a good report through faith, receive not what? The promise. These all. What is this all? Every one of them you refer to as the heroes of faith. So, we are talking about, you know, people like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Sarah, Samson, Gideon, Barak, Jephthah, David, Samuel, the prophets, just name it. All sorts of bought testimony to the truth. In their times, the Bible refers to them as what? Clouds. Did you get that? And they say, we are compassed about, we are surrounded. Now, if you watch that, you say, we are running a race, and these people are watching us. So, if you try to describe, I mean, you want to understand what it really said, even the original Greek, it is like you go to a football field, and you are sitting on, on the dark there, and watching the footballers or the athletes run the race. In other words, they are watching us run the race. By implication, I'm going to be saying something that you need to catch. By implication, we are all together. The difference is they don't see us, but we, I mean, we, we don't see them, but they see us. Why? Because they are in a, a celestial body while we are in a terrestrial body. That's the difference. Now, when he says you're running the race and they are watching you, that means the way you run will also help them in the spirit realm. And that is a difficult thing for people to understand. 
Because they without us cannot enter into the promise or into perfection because the promise that was made. How many of you understand? Abraham walked all over the place looking for a city, would be and maker, is God. He couldn't find it. Even in Canaan, that was not a promised land. The city that God promised to Abraham that even he was looking for was the heavenly Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. And the heavenly Jerusalem was only place at the time of Abraham. You're going to find it. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Praise the living God. So, let's look at Hebrews chapter 12 verse 22. Now I want you to get that because it's very important. We are surrounded with a great cloud of witnesses. Clouds are people. That's what I'm trying to say, scripturally speaking. Amen? Hebrews 12, 22. Look at what it said. But you are come unto Mount Zion, and unto the city of the living God, the very city that Abraham was looking for, whose builder and maker is God. You come unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, the same thing that John saw in Revelation 21, descending out of heaven. You've come to that place. Are you there with me? And to a numerous company of angels, the move on next thing, hallelujah, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which is written in heaven, right? And to God the judge of all, and now look at the next thing, to the spirit of just men made perfect. You can take this just let's slide back from the amplified translation. Let's see what it says there. And to Jesus, the mediator, God go between agents of a new covenant, and to the sprinkling blood. I mean, no, no, verse 23 is what I want. And he said, And to the church, the assembly of the firstborn, who are registered as citizens. That's what it means. When he said, You've come to the heavenly Jerusalem. Is that okay? Good. It's talking about when it says your name are written in heaven. What it's simply meant to say is you are citizens of heaven. So you don't die to go to heaven in the first place. Is that okay? Now if you don't know that your name is already written in heaven, maybe when you get there tomorrow you'll be able to find your name because you are not even sure that your name is written in heaven. But if you are born into Christ, by the Spirit of the Lord, you are in heaven. This is a hard thing. We are supposed to bring heaven down. We are supposed to redeem heaven. Heaven is his throne. The rulership is in a setting. But you rule people, and the Bible says the earth is supposed to. The expression of heaven is manifested through the feet of the king, which has to do with the footstool. And so he reveals his will on the earth. And Jesus will say, pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, as it is done in heaven. This is a hard saying, but that's the truth. Hallelujah. And so here he said, we are talking about people who have come together, whose names are the registered, meaning we are citizens of heaven, in heaven, and to the God who is the judge of all, and to the spirit of the righteous, the redeemed in heaven, who have been made what? Perfect. Redeem the heaven doesn't mean no, those who are upstairs who are redeemed. I'm going to make you see something. It's actually speaking about the sins of old. How many of you understand that the Bible made us to understand Jesus went to preach to the spirit that were in prison? Is that okay? Hallelujah. Why? That they might live in the spirit as God lives. Praise God. Okay. So, when we talk about the clouds that are surrounding us, we are talking about the sins of old. Who are with us? And like I said before, they are human beings, but the difference is, they are celestial beings, while we are terrestrial beings. We are in the physical realm, they are in the spiritual realm, but we are all together in one church. So the church of God is made up of the departed saints and the saints that are alive. Is that okay? Good. 
Now something happened when I was this this, but something happened when I was in 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 Jankama, The last meeting we had, one of our early time when we started this work, and we had a brother who passed on into glory. He was more or less trying to pastor. He was supposed to be pastoring the local assembly at that time. And while I was ministering, all of a sudden I was standing, and another pastor was interpreting for me. The next thing I saw, this man was standing by, and I told him, "This man that departed before is standing here. I'm seeing him." The next thing is, I begin to get a ministration about somebody who is about to pass on. And then I was describing, the Lord was showing me, I found that this guy was putting on a, a golden chain, kind of chain on his neck like a bishop, but I was not seeing the whole body, I was seeing this place up, and then he kneels down. And I began to describe, but this is what the Lord is showing me, I don't know who this is. And then the next thing, somebody ran out of the hall, went back to one of the buildings and began to call the guy out. And the guy came down to the hall, and guess what? The person that I saw, and that description was the son of the departed brother that I saw standing by us. So basically what that guy was trying to make me see from the spirit realm is we need to pray for the son so that he doesn't move into the spirit realm. That's what happened in Jankrama where we're ministering. So he said, we have all these people around us. You don't see them. Some of them minister to you sometimes. You think they are demons. That is why you must come to that place of understanding of where you are that the saints of God can actually minister to you. Is that okay? They are not devils. They are not just sometimes because of the glory maybe they carry. You think they are angels. Whatever it is. The point is, this church is made up of God, the spirit of the departed, and you are the saints of God. Praise the living God. And they can see you, but you can see them. Because they are in the celestial realm, and you are in the terrestrial realm. This is a hard thing for the church to understand, or believe into. But this is the truth of what we are reading here. We are compassed about. If they are not seeing us, how can they be surrounding us? Are you with me? Praise the living God. Now, did you see why? Okay, let's look at Matthew 17. i just make you see something there. Praise the Lord. Mighty 17, and verse, let's look at verse 1. King James, very quickly. This is what he said. And six days after this promise, uh, Jesus took up Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bring them up into a higher mountain. And then the next thing apart, and was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. Thank you, Father. And then behold, there appeared unto them Moses, and who? And Elijah talking with him. What is happening here? Jesus was in the physical dimension. This was not just a vision in the true sense. They saw. Is that okay? Jesus was standing. Moses and Elijah appeared. Why? Because we are all in the same realm. We are all in the same fellowship. They are all part of the cloud of witnesses. Is that okay? So it was easy for them to break forth from the spirit realm. Why? The way they came in to encourage Jesus, in fact, they tried to come to strengthen him that you need to go to the cross because if you don't go to the cross, we, the prophet, we spoke about that and then the law of Moses who wrote about that, you are going to be offered a sacrifice. If you don't go to the cross, then all our testimonies are falling to the ground. So they came to encourage him to go to the cross. If you like, call it a vision, whatever it is. The point I'm making you to understand is at least Peter, James, and John, they saw this man. Is that okay? Hallelujah. So I want you to get that. It's very crucial. Simple definition of clouds as we see it today from the scripture, how to do with the people. These human beings filled with the Spirit of God. Ecclesiastes 11, 3 or so. I mean, 3.11 made us understand that very precisely when the cloud is full of water. Remember that? It empties itself here upon the earth. So clouds with water are men with the life and the spirit of God who are sent by God to bless humanity. Praise the Lord. Is that okay? If the clouds be full of the rain, they empty themselves here upon the earth. That is 11.3. If the clouds be full of the rain, and remember, we said that previously, the rain always speaks of the Holy Spirit. Water is the Holy Spirit. Is that okay? Praise the living God. Amen. Okay, 
So let's make progress here. It's the fact that before the coming of Christ, I want you to get this, the Father had been appearing in a singular cloud. We said that before. Like we find in the case of Solomon's temple, we find on top of the ark, in the most holy place, we find right when, um, I mean, Man Sinai, when he came to give the law, and there is always this voice coming out of the cloud. And, and the Lord even told Moses, you just give me the ark, I will come and bring forth my glory. And then we know that when the priest entered the most holy place, whatever, the, the, the voice was already coming from the glory between the two cherubim, which is a cloud of glory. We said that before. So, prior to this time, there has only been the appearing of the Lord in one singular cloud. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? But let's look at Hebrews chapter 1, verse number 1. You can just quickly go to the message translation, I mean, uh, the Amplified Translations. Let's look at this. Hebrews 1, 1, 2, 3. Um, and this is what he said. God, uh, no, no, no. I say Amplified Translation, please. This is what he says. In many separate revelations, each of which set forth a portion of the truth and the different ways God spake of old to our forefathers in about the prophets. Verse 2. But, in this last of these days, he has spoken to us in the person of a son. Follow this. Whom he has appointed heir and lawful owner of all things, also by and through whom he created the worlds and the riches of space and the ages of time. He made, produced, built, operated, and arranged them in order. Okay, let's look at the next in verse 4. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Go to verse 4. Let me see. Verse 4. Okay, now, this is what I really wanted to take again. They're going to go back to verse 2. Go to verse 2. Let's look at verse 2. Okay. You see? Um, he has spoken to us in the person of his son, whom has appointed. Right? Okay. Uh, but now, there's this point I want you to pick there. Go back to verse 3. Let me see very quickly. Now, that's the point. He is the sole expression of what? The glory of God. That's what I want you to pick. The light beam. The outrain or radiance of the divine. As a perfect imprint and the very image of God's nature. Upholding and maintaining and building and propelling the universe. By his mighty word of power. We can just stop there. What I want you to pick there is, it is the sole expression of who? The glory of God. Now, don't forget, God was only speaking through the clouds of glory. Is that okay? Now he's speaking through the Son of glory. Meaning, the sun is a cloud because it's full of water. Did you get that? Are you with me? Praise the Lord. So here we find that God's glory cloud is not taking shape in a person. And that is the sun. Very vital that you understand that. Get the point right. Clouds are witnesses where people. Hebrews 12 verse 1. The glory we find today is in Christ. And he is speaking through the sun. Meaning speaking from and in the cloud. You follow what I'm saying here? Right. So the cloud is not the empty space anymore. It's a people. And this is very crucial. I want you to get that. Now so the sun has now become the glory cloud from which he expresses himself. Remember, like I said before, from the top of the ark, he will speak from the cloud. Right? At the time of Jesus' baptism, remember what happened? The voice came, this my beloved son, where did he come from? From the cloud. Is that okay? Yeah, I want you to get that. It's at the time of transfiguration, how many of you understand the same thing happened? The cloud came, the Lord spoke. 
So, the Lord is always speaking from the cloud. Hallelujah. And that a cloud is His glory. Remember that? Very good. Now, in Hebrews now, we are being made to understand Hebrews 1 verse number 2, that Christ the Son is the express image and what? The glory of the Father. And not just that, He is speaking from that realm to us today. Praise the living God. I want you to pick this because it's very vital. But there is something I would like you to see, which is also very, very important. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 10. Hallelujah. Hebrews 2, verse number 10. For he became him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in doing what? Bringing many sons unto glory. To make the captain of their salvation perfect through what? Through suffering. Bringing many sons into glory. So if it was a glory cloud, what are the sons becoming? Glory clouds. Meaning, if God was speaking through him, God wants to speak through you, as it were, through the church today. The church has become the mouthpiece of God because the glory cloud, I mean, that God is forming, has to do with the corporate body of Christ. Hallelujah. He's bringing many sons into glory. In other words, Christ the Son is raising a company of other people like himself, of equal identity and nature, the consequences of which is that they are becoming the cloud through whom the Father shall speak to creation. That is why Jesus said in the book of Matthew, and he said, every servant must be as his master. But though it will not be above his master, but it will be as his master. So bringing many sons to glory indicates that God is bringing us to the same level of maturity, of measure that Christ operated upon the face of the earth. And I'm trying to make you understand that if God is going to speak to creation, if Christ is going to come, it's going to come through his body. Praise the living God. This is why we read in Romans chapter 8, verse 18 to 19. Look at Romans 8, verse 18 to 19. For I reckon that the suffering of the present times are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the endless expectation for the creation waited for what? The manifestation of the sons of God. The son came. Now he's producing other sons. Because every seed must bring forth its own kind. Can we look at the book of Revelation chapter 1 verse number 11? Let me read something there. Revelation 1 11. Oh, I'm sorry. Genesis 1 11. Sorry. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass. Let the yielding seed, let the earth yielding seed. And the fruit tree yielding fruit. Afterward, his own kind, whose seed is in itself, upon the earth, and it was so. Every seed will bring forth what? His own kind. So the Christ seed that is sown in you, the Christ seed that is within the church, will produce a Christ-like nature on the face of the earth. Because every seed will bring forth what? Its own kind. And the seed that is in your life is a Christ seed. So what will it be at the end of the day? That's why Paul will say, I travel in bad pain until Christ be what? Formed in you. The word form, morphe, means to become, to take shape. Meaning, my desire is that Christ, which is the seed, will take shape in your life. Hallelujah. Are we together? So, creation is waiting for sons to manifest. I don't really want to believe that we have seen it yet. Hallelujah. Is that okay? Well, you know, sons, not just one son, not just one man somewhere, not just somebody you need to travel to go see. We are saying 
Almost every community, every hamlet, wherever there are sons of God, there are going to be a manifestation of these people all over the world. So, look at Colossians chapter 3, verse number 4. What is that supposed to mean? Colossians 3, verse number 4. It says, When Christ, <laughs> who is our life, shall appear, then shall we appear with him what? In glory. Did you get that? When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we appear with him in glory. So, what exactly is your life? The life is Christ. So what does it mean to appear? Appear from the sky? No, no, no. Where is Christ? In you. So where is he appearing from? From within you. Are you here with me? That is where he's appearing from. From within you. Not out in this space. So you don't start looking for me upstairs. It's in you. And he wants to be revealed. Praise the Lord. You see, the transfiguration was a revelation of the Christ that was in Jesus. Is that alright? Jesus was the Lamb of God. Christ was the Son of God. But the son have to take residence in the lamb. Did you get that? Praise the Lord. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we appear with him in glory. Praise the Lord. Okay. Now look at that. Let's look at something from Second Corinthians three and verse number eighteen. King James. Second Corinthians three, verse number eighteen. Let's take it from seventeen then. Seventeen. Praise the Lord. Now the Lord is our spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. The Lord is that spirit. What do you mean by that? That's a simple definition. The Lord is that. Uh, we can preach on this, but you see, Peter said, this is that which was spoken by prophet Joel. That means the manifestation of the prophetic word that Joel said. Not the last day upon my spirit. Is that okay? This is that. So when you say, the Lord is that spirit, what do you mean that spirit? The Lord is the Holy Spirit that came on the day of Pentecost. Is that okay? Okay. Look at verse 18. But we all, with open faith, beholding us in a glass, the glory of the Lord, watch that, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So, what brings us to the place of being glorified is the Spirit that is in walking within us. And the principle to get into this is the more you behold Him, the more you know Him, the more you try to be acquainted with Him, the more you become like Him. You know, the Bible made us understand that they that worship idols, they are like the idols that they worship. Did the Bible say so? So what is the meaning of that? Simply means you are exactly who you worship. Hmm? If idols, worshippers are like the idols, that's the testimony of scripture. It simply means you worship in the Lord Jesus Christ, you become Christ-like. You are exactly who you worship. Praise the living God. Are we here? So yes, they're conforming to the same glory that they carried at the end of the day. The more we see him, the more we become like him. And if he was and is the glory of the Father from where he spoke, what should we be at the end of the day? The glory of the Father from where he's going to be speaking from. Are you there with me? We're talking about the church that will become the mouthpiece of God on the face of the earth. 
God's intent and purposes will have to be revealed through the church. Amen. The same glory cloud that he was, where the Father was speaking from, is what we are becoming. As he's bringing many sons into glory. Hallelujah. Many of the glory shall be revealed in us as the glory cloud of God. Where is the living God? Let me show you something. In 1 Corinthians 10, verse number 1, it's a strong statement that I would like us to see. Um, we may read it from the Amplified Translation. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 1 and 2. And this is what it says. I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, that our forefathers were all under and protected by the cloud. Watch that. In which God's presence went before them. The cloud was the carrier of God's presence. Does it make sense? And every one of them passed safely through the Red Sea. Look at verse 2. And each one of them allowed himself also to be baptized into Moses in the clouds. And in the sea, they were thus brought under obligation to the law, to Moses, and to the covenant consecrated and set apart to the service of who? Of God. Praise the Lord. So, this passage is telling us something, that Israel was baptized in union into Moses in the clouds. They were all one. Amen? Which is God's presence. In other words, they become one with the clouds. And this cloud can be described as a speaking cloud, a protective cloud, a guiding cloud. Because remember, in the day, it was a cloud over them, from the heat of the sun. How many of you remember that? It was the night, in the night, it was the light unto them. Remember that? And the cloud was protecting them. So this cloud, and from that cloud, he was speaking to them. So this is a speaking cloud, a protective cloud, a guiding cloud. Are you with me? Praise the living God. And what is that supposed to mean? If the cloud and the people have been baptized into the cloud, what is that supposed to mean? It was a people's cloud. A cloud made of people. Just like we have a cloud of witnesses now. Praise the Lord. So there's a need. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians. Chapter 2 verse number 12. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse number 12. Hallelujah. Am I right? No, no, no. Okay. Fine. Now you got it. Look at what it says. That you walk worthy of God who had called you into his kingdom and what? Glory. The emphasis there I have for you is the word glory. Walk worthy of that God who have called you. Unto his kingdom and what? Glory. In other words, to whom he called, he justified. To whom he justified, he sanctified. To whom he justified what? He glorifies. That's what the Bible says. That's the process. And it's all by the Spirit. Now, don't forget it. To whom he called, you don't call yourself? He justified. Justified says your sins are forgiven. To whom he justified, he sanctified. Sanctified says, he is making you holy unto himself. He separates you from anything that is not supposed to be part of his own nature. And to whom he sanctified, what happens? He glorifies. Praise the Lord. So when we read, Revelation 1, verse 7 again. Behold, he come here with clouds. What are we talking about? He's coming with the people. Who have been glorified. Praise the living God. This is when men shall see him. In other words, when we say every eye shall see him. Every eye shall see him in and through the clouds. Amen. These are the people that Christ has raised 
totally to become one with him in nature, in character, in attitude. Let's look at Ephesians 3. I mean Ephesians 4. Look at verse 13. Ephesians 4 verse 13. Praise the Lord. Uh, now, he's talking about the fivefold ministry. Their ministry, their job. He said the fivefold ministries of apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher. They are all there doing the work they are supposed to do till we all come. And I want you to get this. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Till we are come. The only reason you have those five of ministry is to continue to... Okay, go back to verse 12. Maybe I'll pick something there for you. Okay, sorry. Let's take from verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and the pastors and teachers, verse 12, for the perfecting of sin for. Actually, this comma is not proper. It shouldn't be there. If you check other translations, like the Philip translation, the, the emphatic diagonal translation, you're not going to see all the word-for-word literal translation. You're not going to see the comma after the saints. He said, after you should read, for the person of the saints for the work of ministry. That's what it means. That comma should not be there. In other words, the, the five for ministry are perfecting the saints for the work, for the work. The emphasis is the work. The saints cannot be perfected by the apostles or the prophets or the evangelists. None of them can do that. That's how we read of Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10 is Christ that perfected saints. Am I correct? No man can perfect you. The point is this. If anybody is to perfect you, that man also must come to the place of perfection. Now you tell me who has perfected. I mean, so that that man can perfect you. That somebody is an apostle doesn't mean he's a perfect man. Am I talking to you? Praise God. So that comma there is wrong. The ultimate goal is for the work of ministry. We make you come to the place so that you can be able to find your true identity and know what you are supposed to do to function in the house of God, even in the marketplace. That's what we do. But in perfection and maturing you to become the fullness of the Savior of Christ, it's his own responsibility. He is the only one that is perfect that can bring you toward to perfection. Are you with me? So there is no evangelist in the world yet. No preacher anywhere, no pastor anywhere, no teacher anywhere that can perfect you. Because that's not their responsibility. Because none of them have come to the place of perfection yet. That is why you cannot. You see, city tomorrow, we can't find anybody ministering immortality to anybody because none of the ministers have come to the place of immortality. We can preach it, we can teach it that a prophetic word from the scriptures, which is correct. But we can't impart it because we haven't received it. You can only give what you have. Is that okay? So now we find that the poverty not is sent for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the stature of the measure of the fullness of who? Of Christ. In other words, the church is going to come to that place of fullness, and then I become the glory cloud. Are you with me? But now let me show you something. Let me show you something. Acts chapter 9 verse 4. Remember what happened? When Jesus met Saul on the road to Damascus. Is that okay? And this is what he said. And Paul fell onto the, onto, onto the earth. And he had a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecuted thou me? What? Saul persecuted Jesus? How? Saul never slapped Jesus any day. When he wanted to go get letters, it was to persecute the church. The letter is to put the saints into prison and whatever the case may be. Just like Stephen was thrown to death. But what did Jesus say? Why persecuted thou me? What is that supposed to mean? He is saying, these people you are persecuted, I am in them. 
So you can't separate the church from Christ. The Christ is in the church, or that the church is in Christ. Are you following what I'm talking about? We all become one. Just like you prayed before. Oh Father, John 17, 20 down. That it might be one, even as we are one. I in you, you in me, they in us. You understand that? And so when he said, why persecuted thou me? What he means to say is, Paul, listen to me. This church is my body. I am the head. Is that okay? So if you touch your body, you touch me. Praise the living God. So if it's a glory cloud, what is the body going to be? Glory cloud. Hallelujah. If God spoke through him, what would happen to the body? God will speak through the church. Making sense to you? Praise God. So I never want to slap Jesus. We know that. Let me show you a scripture now. First Thessalonians chapter 1 verse number 1. Praise God. Paul and Silas, Silas and Timotheus, unto the church of the Thessalonians, Thessalonians, which is where? In God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Where is the church? In God. <laughs> are you getting what I'm talking about? We are in God. And so, you, you see the scripture that says, For in Him we live and move and have our being. We are one with Him. The true church is in God and is in Christ. Hallelujah. Let's look at something. But I want you to consider this. You can see the kind of statement that Paul is making here. You can see the prophetic word that Paul is bringing forth here. You can see the sense in which is given to the church for them to know exactly where they are. That's why they are citizens of heaven. Is that okay? Because they are one with God. They are in Him. Just like we are in Christ. Praise the living God. Now, you see, you begin to, help me, Lord. You begin to understand this statement. As in Adam, all die. Even so, in Christ shall all be made alive. It has to be in, depending on where your environment is. God is our environment. Christ is our environment. For in Him we live and move and have our being. And as we mature in this environment, we become the clouds of glory. Hallelujah. Where God Himself is intended to express Himself through and in us. Let me read this final scripture for us. What did I say before? I was trying to give you a scripture before. Hallelujah. It just came into my head. I wanted to share that with you. Anyway, it has to do with being. Second Corinthians 5, I said. Some of you didn't pick it. Let's look at uh, maybe verse 20, 20, from 19. Second Corinthians 5. Let's look at them from verse 19. I want to show you something. Okay, here we go. So with that, okay, go back a little bit. Back up to verse, verse 18. And all things of God, who are reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and have given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Amen? Look at the next verse. So with that, God was in who? Now I want you to get that. Because we're talking about being in somebody, or being in God, it may look strange to you. But here, God was on the face of the earth. I mean, Jesus was on the face of the earth, but God was in him. And so Jesus will say, the work that I do, is not me that is doing the work, but a Father that dwelleth in me. Are you with me? Dude, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not in pitching that transfers unto them, and not coming down unto what? what? The word of reconciliation. Look at verse 20. Now that we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray thee in Christ said, be a what? Reconciled to God. Verse 21. For I had made him to be seen for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made what? The righteousness of God in him. Now, if you look at that verse 19 precisely, that says, God was in Christ. Now, if God was in Christ, and now we are in Christ, so where are we? Come on, where are we? In other words, we are in the same environment where God is. Is that okay? 
If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Is that what the Bible says? Very good. If any man be in Christ, so if you are in Christ and God is in Christ, so where are you? It's a family. We are all one together with God. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So I'm saying that these corporate people, God is maturing them. They are going to come to the place where they become the express image and the glory of God. It's not like just one man is going to be a corporate people, a company of people that Christ himself is your head. We are his body. Hallelujah. And through this body, they are becoming clouds. I mean, the, the, the glory of the Lord, this is a very cloud from where the Lord is going to be speaking. So when you say, every eye shall see him in the cloud. Oh yes, every eye shall see the Lord through his church. Glory to God. Are you following what I'm saying? Every eye, yes, because all knee must bow, all tongue we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. How is that going to happen? Through the ministration of the church. If God spoke through the one cloud, He's going to be speaking through the corporate cloud. We are the clouds of glory. It is through the church that God is coming. Any man looking upstairs is missing where God is coming from. No, forget about the fact that we have this weakling church today. But God is maturing His church. Can I tell you something? Revelation 12 tells us one precise thing that is going to happen. The Bible made us understand the woman brought forth the main child that shall rule the nations with the rod of iron. How many of you understand that? The main child is the one that is going to rule, not the church. The church may be weak today, but the church is producing a male child. And that male child is the one that is going to rule the nations. The clouds of glory. I'll see you next week.